Welcome to the Pennsylvania Chamber's All Business Podcast, featuring the perspectives and unique insights of the Commonwealth's most dynamic executives, entrepreneurs, and leaders. My name is Rick Moran, Director of Marketing for the PA Chamber. And this is Bill Miller, Senior Member Executive at the PA Chamber. Our guest today is Greg Tryan, President of PGT Trucking. We had a great conversation with Greg. We talk a lot about the history of the company, the size, the scope, um, some of the biggest challenges facing their industry. We also talk about some of their strategic partnerships and how that's going to benefit the company and the trucking industry as a whole. And then we talk about the future. Um, Greg has great insight into where things are headed and what PGT is doing to be on the cutting edge of some new technology. So without any further ado, here's our conversation today with Greg Troyan. And we're joined today by Greg Troyan, president of PGT Trucking. Greg, thanks so much for joining us today. Glad to be here, Bill. Thanks. Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at PGT. Sure. I'm uh, president of PGT Trucking. I've been with the company for 36 years. The company has been in business for 40 years. So I started uh, about uh, four years after the company had gotten its uh, beginnings here in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, I believe we had about uh, 25 or 30 trucks when I started. And how many trucks do you have now? Yeah, today we're operating over a thousand trucks uh, throughout the uh, 48 states and also into Canada and Mexico. So you haul internationally. How, how long have you been doing that? We've been running uh, in and out of Canada for probably 30 years or so. Uh, into Mexico, about 20, maybe maybe a little over 20 years now. And what type of what type of trucking do you have a, a specialty? Is there a certain type of customer that you guys specialize in? Yeah, we started off as uh, as a steel hauler in uh, Western Pennsylvania, doing work for uh, steel companies throughout uh, the Pittsburgh area. Uh, we uh, operated with our own trucks, and we also operated with owner operators. In the uh, in the steel hauling business, uh, it's very common to have a large contingent of owner operators. That's actually how we started. Only a few years after we began, we, we started to buy our own trucks. Uh, but we continue today to serve the steel industry. It is our uh, uh, largest by percentage uh, a volume of type of commodity. Uh, steel makes up about 55%. Uh, over the years, we've migrated and, and, and uh, taken advantage of opportunities to move other products like uh, wellboard, uh, uh, drywall, uh, shingle, roofing shingles, pipe, uh, all kinds of building products, and also heavy machinery, heavy heavy industrial products. And uh, also we've migrated into operating a fleet of tanks. Uh, these are uh, uh, cryogenic tanks, so high pressure uh, gases uh, throughout the United States and Mexico and Canada as well. So you pretty much, there is a PGT truck rolling on the roads at all times. Absolutely, yes. Now you're clearly, the organization is clearly a leader in the industry. Uh, what do you think the biggest challenges are facing transportation and trucking right now? 
Well, uh, certainly the driver, the, uh, the availability of truck drivers is, is, has been a problem now for probably 15 years, a, a severe problem. Uh, over those 15 years, uh, every year, by some measure, the problem has gotten worse. So the driver uh, count for us, as well as uh, almost every trucking company, has gone down. Uh, we're, we're no different. It still plagues us. And uh, we still have to deal with it every single day. Uh, the, the problem has extended now over the last couple of years to not only drivers, but also technicians. And, and for that matter, uh, we're, we're having trouble even getting enough accountants to work for. So the, the issue of staffing uh, for a trucking company like us and, 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 and many companies, not just trucking companies, um, extends beyond just the driver and just the uh, manual workforce. It's all over our company. That's the biggest problem that I see right now. Well, with that as the background, I mean, what do you see as the future of PGT? How are you, uh, how are you addressing that and, and what directions are you going with that as, as, as the biggest challenge? We took some time during COVID to re-examine the direction of PGT and also tried to understand better where our customers were going. What they were talking about is issues for them. And uh, we tried to come up with a plan to match our objectives with those, those of our customers. And what we came up with was two things. One is uh, the supply chain problem, meaning for manufacturers getting their product to market and getting it to market in a cost-efficient way, and in some cases at all. We all have heard about the stories of container ships off the uh, West Coast sitting in the, in the water waiting to be unloaded. And we've all experienced at some point in time the inability to buy something that we wanted or needed. Uh, that all ties to the supply chain. That supply chain, by a lot of measures, is a result of not enough drivers, not enough truck drivers. That could be the uh, the major, and probably is the major constraint to to getting product moved to stores or to users. We've been talking about the driver shortage for so long, we decided we can't talk about it anymore. We need to do something about it. So uh, we've entered into an agreement with a local company here in Pittsburgh called Locomation, which provides a solution to needing less drivers to get product to market. So this is an autonomous relay convoy solution. We're running two trucks autonomously, eventually, uh, tied together, almost like a two-car two train. This would be a two-truck train. They speak to one another. They run in uh, uh, one uh, ahead of the other. And... Uh, this will allow us to get product moved to market with less with, with a, a need for less drivers. So we see that as tying to our customers' problems. We're gonna we're gonna help them solve the supply chain problem by working with our partners on automated vehicles. The other let's, I was gonna say let's 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 talk a little bit about that partnership with Locomation. You know, it is a it is a Pittsburgh company. Um, and you know they're one of many that are doing autonomous vehicles, 
but but talk a little bit about that autonomous relay convoy system. You know, how does that work? Is there a driver in both trucks? Is there, you know, is one driver operating two trucks at one time? I mean, it really seems like almost science fiction. I was picturing some trucks rolling down the road by themselves before you mentioned that less drivers. Okay, there's still a driver. So there's two uh, two ways to, to understand this locomotions uh, solution. One is at the beginning of the process, which is where, really where we're at right now. Uh, the technology is there. The uh, software is, is still being written and still being perfected and still being uh, developed. But this actually does work. It's been on, uh, we've had these units on a test track and they do work. There's a lot of work to be done yet. So when we're at the beginning of this process, once we feel confident enough with locomotion to put two trucks on a highway, a commercial highway on the Ohio Turnpike, for example, we will have a driver in both units. The lead driver will have uh, most of the control. The second driver will either be sleeping in a berth or be behind the vehicle, or behind the steering wheel, excuse me, with a, uh, in a, in a uh, ready position, with hands just underneath the steering wheel, ready to grab the wheel if necessary. That's the way we start, so that we find out all the things we need to know, all the things that could go wrong, all the things that need perfected. That's how we're going to start this, this project. So you will see two trucks that look like they are... Uh, totally on their own, but they're not. There will be drivers in those vehicles. Now, as we perfect, we will work on pulling the driver out of the second vehicle and not require a driver in that vehicle. As we continue to perfect, we will not need a driver in either vehicle. So it looks very different today than it will, let's say, in four years or five years from now, or less. Now, is this operating now anywhere? I read uh, in some of your uh, uh, press materials that there's a kind of an area between Ohio and Indiana where, where it may be kind of ideal to test this and look at this. Yes, PGT is working with locomation. Uh, our plan is to run these vehicles between the uh, eastern uh, border of Ohio and Pennsylvania and the western border of Indiana and Illinois. So we'll run the Ohio and Indiana Turnpike westbound, turn around and run eastbound uh, with, with loads of material, various material. Uh, that would be our, uh, our test uh, lane. The reason for that is we've been on the Ohio or Indiana Turnpike. It's very, uh, very well suited to this. The Ohio Turnpike is almost uh, the entire length is three lanes, a lot of flat, a lot of straight. Uh, it's pretty ideal. Uh, Indiana is not too much different than that. Uh, variables would be weather conditions, winter, heavy rains. Those are the things that we need to work through. Um, but uh, other than those items, the terrain is perfect. The uh, what we call uh, density of freight is perfect. There's there's all kinds of loads available, all kinds of cargo to keep these trucks loaded. So that, from that aspect, we're, it's a good it's a good lane. It's a good selection to start this project on. Did this require any enabling 
regulatory or legislation in Ohio and in and, and Indiana? And then obviously the question becomes for us to see this in Pennsylvania, are we going to need to see legislators uh, move in any way? Yes, some some work's already been done. Some laws have been passed. Some are pending. What I would tell you in my own uh, for my own personal involvement is uh, I have not met a uh, a government official or a politician who isn't favorable to this. I see nothing but uh, uh, but interest and support on on uh, on either side and on both sides. And uh, it's very encouraging. It's very interesting that in an area that is so often referred to as the Rust Belt, that, uh, you know, built America, uh, you know, 100 years ago and has a lot of legacy manufacturing, that it's now areas like this, a company, two companies out of Pittsburgh, Locomation and PGT, that are embarking on this. And it's going to be tested in between Ohio and in Indiana, also part of the Rust Belt. Yeah, how perfect is it that we have uh, Carnegie Mellon here in Pittsburgh that's, that uh, really initiates a lot of these things. Even the locomotion uh, people have ties to, to, to Carnegie Mellon. Uh, we at PGT have always been uh, and tried to stay close to the all that the, the technology that emerges in, in Pittsburgh. It's, it's really great. It's right in our backyard. Uh, and part of my concern all along was I didn't want, uh, I certainly didn't want something going on in my backyard that I didn't know about, only to have some trucking company from California come in and, and uh, take advantage of it. So we have always tried to stay close to what goes on in Pittsburgh because it is certainly on the, uh, on the eastern half of the U.S. It's, uh, it's the it's the center of the universe for these kind of things, and Absolutely. then we have and then as you said we have this uh, you know we're in this rust belt but that that actually uh, uh, plays well for us. Absolutely. Now I know that you have a second partnership as well um, that that we'd love to learn more about in terms of uh, uh, alternative fuels and and electric trucks. So your uh, first question is, uh, you know, what is the future? Where is PGT going? And, and uh, the first half of that question was uh, uh, addressed through locomation. The second half is that our customers, and we have a major customer here in Pittsburgh called U.S. Steel. Uh, all of our top 10 customers have made major commitments to sustainability. They've made uh, uh, public commitments. They've made commitments to their shareholders, to their employees, to their customers uh, to reduce carbon footprint and, and help the environment uh, clean up. Uh, so we decided, along with our customers, that we need to be a part of that. The solution we found is in a company called Nikola, based in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, like locomation who I started speaking with the CEO about four or five years ago. I started speaking with the folks from uh, Nicola about four or five years ago. The CEO happened to be a, uh, a friend of ours. Uh, previous, his previous job was uh, as president of a company called Worthington Industries in Columbus, for which uh, we had a, a major contract with. So we had become pretty close with the uh, CEO. 
he um, left Worthington to head up Nicola. And uh, one of the first things he did is call us and say, I'm working on this uh, truck that runs on water. Can you come out and, and take a look at this and see what you think? So we started our conversations uh, four or five years ago. And I was on a uh, board of advisors for Nicola early on. And uh, as I watched their progress, ultimately last year, we got to a point where we were comfortable placing an order for 100 trucks. So we had placed an order for 100 hydrogen fuel cell powered vehicles. Uh, the production line is, is up and operational in, in Arizona. The uh, delivery time for us looks like uh, late this year to early next year for our vehicles. We are, uh, we've placed a, uh, the order right behind Anheuser-Busch. So Anheuser-Busch placed an order for 600 units. We placed an order for 100. So Budweiser will get their trucks first. And uh, after everybody gets their beer, we'll be able to deliver steel. I can just imagine the Budweiser commercial. Instead of the Clydesdale horses, there'll be a, uh, a fuel cell truck instead. Yeah, you talk about a, uh, a, a comparison uh, when, when Anheuser-Busch announced their uh, intent to order 600 trucks, they brought their Clydesdales into Arizona to compare them to the, uh, to the Nikola unit. So pretty, pretty neat. Well, tell us about the units. I mean, can you, can you tell that they're different? If I, if I see one of these on the road, are they, are they going to be, you know, when you see a Tesla, for example, when you think about electric vehicles or fuel cells, or, you know, you can, you can tell it's a, it's a, it's a futuristic looking vehicle. Um, is there anything different about the truck? A uh, truck is built from the ground up to, to run a hydrogen and a fuel cell and electric motors. Uh, it's not a retrofit. Uh, yes, it's it's uh, it it actually does remind me of a Tesla when you're inside. The uh, the screen is uh, uh, is where you control the vehicle. It's it's clean lines, very uh, comfortable inside. Uh, from the outside, it is uh, what we call a cab over. It's a flat front for those people that uh, don't necessarily work in our industry. Uh, we haven't run cab overs in this country in terms of production for probably 15 to 20 years or more. Um, they're, very, they're still very popular in Europe. So we're going to start to go back to what used to be prevalent in the United States, and that's a cab over type vehicle. Uh, the, the interesting things about the Nikola unit that I find just fascinating is, uh, first of all, there's no noise, just like a Tesla. You, you really don't hear this vehicle at all. It's very clean and it's very quiet inside. Uh, for drivers who are accustomed to a noisy diesel engine and a uh, noisy transmission and a noisy rear end, there is no engine, there's no transmission, and there's no rear end. Uh, there's all kinds of room because of that. Um, the vehicle rides very smoothly. Uh, if you've been in a Tesla, and I, I apologize for keep using that as an example, but it, but that's uh, I can't come up with a better comparison. Uh, this this truck this truck just takes off. You may you may see trucks that have to go from first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear, especially when they're loaded. It's a very slow and jerky start uh, many many times. This truck just it just moves. It just takes off and moves. The torque 
is uh, beyond any torque that any diesel uh, engine could provide. The horsepower is beyond any what any diesel uh, could provide. And uh, it's just a it's a sleek vehicle. I think uh, ironically, I think it'll help us with our driver recruiting. I think drivers going to want to stand in line to get in one of these. I was going to ask that. What what was the reaction of your uh, of your drivers? Well, I think they're still trying to uh, uh, contend contend with all of this. Uh, we don't have a vehicle in possession yet. We we I've been in them and we've had some of our uh, non-driver employees in these vehicles out in Arizona. Uh, so they really haven't had the chance to touch one or get in one. And looking at a photograph is is pretty interesting, but it doesn't compare to actually being in the presence of this vehicle. So we hope to get one at least to show our drivers and our staff here sometime later this year. So deploying something like this, what are some of the challenges that you have to have to overcome? Well, first of all, we have to uh, we have to solve the fueling problem, and uh, thankfully, our partner Nicola is in, is involved in producing and getting us fuel, as they are in producing and getting us the truck. Needless to say, you can't buy a bunch of these trucks and, and have no place to fuel. So unless Nicola solves that problem and helps us solve the problem, they can't sell trucks. So we're working hand in hand with Nicola to solve fueling challenges, uh, both uh, permanent fueling stations and we also have mobile fueling stations that we will be able to set up. Mobile being where we fuel a truck right off a, a tank, a, a, a truck tanker. So we have solutions to get us started. They aren't long-term solutions. Long-term solution would be we, we see hydrogen, uh, stationary hydrogen fueling stations all over the place. We're a long way from that, but we, we have uh, plans and we have uh, uh, the ability to get, get started pretty quickly with mobile stations. That's one challenge. Another challenge would be you know, we're, uh, uh, insurance. Um, Companies aren't used to writing insurance policies for hydrogen vehicles, so we've got to overcome that. I believe we we have that under control. We're talking to our insurance companies, and uh, they're working with us. Nobody's telling us. Uh, I, I haven't heard anybody say something can't be done, which is really on both of these for, with both of these endeavors. Uh, I don't sit in any meeting where somebody says that can't be done. It's actually pretty pretty fun to sit in meetings where. All people want to do is solve problems. So how have your customers, I mean, I know that part of what you said was that, you know, a little bit of this is uh, a reaction or uh, being proactive with what your customers are looking to do with their uh, environmental goals, et cetera. Have you had customers start to talk to you about these initiatives? Well, we've begun speaking with our customers, we started last September. Uh, uh, on, we embarked on an information uh, plan with all of our customers. Um, I wanted to test their reception and I wanted to certainly let them know what uh, one of their trucking companies, in some cases their largest trucking company, QTT, is doing to support their, uh, their efforts. And uh, I got to tell you, I got I got phenomenal response from all of my customers when I first 
proposed uh, a Zoom meeting or an in-person meeting to inform them of our plans and our commitments. In fact, by the way, we're investors in both of these companies. We're not just uh, buying their product. We're, we've invested in both of these companies. Wow. So uh, 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 the, the reception has been out, outstanding. Um, I get things like, when can I get one of those Nikola trucks to haul my load of steel or my load of wallboard or my load of lumber? So there, everybody's pretty anxious to to be able to get on this uh, on this plan and, and share in the benefits. So yeah, it's been though it's been phenomenal. So there's actually going to be customers requesting these systems as as part of their efforts to meet their environmental goals. Yep, they've already they already had said to me, I want to be the first. So now I got another problem. <laughs> I'm gonna have ten firsts. A good problem, I hope. <laughs> You can always go for naming rights for each of the vehicles. So you can have yeah. you know, customer naming yeah. rights. Just like Heinz Field, I guess, is going for a new one. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, in terms of, you know, two, two incredible initiatives, um, what do you see in Pennsylvania? What does Pennsylvania need to do to encourage a company like PGT to make more investments like this to make more you know looking towards the future what, what what do you see as the challenges in in pennsylvania right now specifically for a company like yours that's a, a, a really good question bill uh so i just I hate to use california for a, an example but i guess i have to in this case uh california is offering a a uh, hundred and i believe it's a hundred twenty thousand dollar grant for every nickel a unit that's purchased and used in california uh, I got to tell you, these trucks are not cheap. They they are uh, uh, very expensive over the current diesel models that we buy. Uh, the, the the ROI, by the way, I, I would want to leave people with the wrong impression, but the ROI is uh, we don't have a diesel engine or a transmission or a rear end to work on, which is uh, most of our maintenance costs are tied to the diesel engine, the transmission, and the rear end. So we've taken the high cost components of a diesel truck and removed and all we have are two electric motors and a fuel cell. So we anticipate much lower operating costs, much lower maintenance costs on these uh, nickel units. So we'll have an ROI that will be different, but those trucks do start off very expensive. Um, that could be a constraint for a lot of companies. Um, it's quite, quite honestly, it's a bit of a constraint for us. But we believe we're going to be able to deal with it well. But it would be nice if, like California, Pennsylvania saw the uh, the benefit in companies that are taking the lead here and saying, "Hey, we can we can help out with with some of the costs on these vehicles in order to get a truck that produces water or steam as a byproduct." That's the only that's the only byproduct off of that uh, nickel unit. The exhaust is steam. That's really interesting that um, California has an initiative like that with, uh, I guess it would be a tax credit. I believe it's a grant. Oh, it's a grant. Okay. Yeah. So the the other thing we hear a lot about, which obviously has to impact uh, anyone in the trucking industry, is is the implementation and and the spending on infrastructure 
um, in uh, in President Biden's plan and in in general. I mean, we've we've had bridges falling down in Pittsburgh. It's spring now, so we're going to see the potholes uh, popping up. Um, how big of an issue is that for PGT? Well, you know, it's it's an issue um, for us uh, when a bridge the, the, the uh, Pittsburgh Bridge, notwithstanding, we've had inter, uh, bridges on interstates collapse in the last uh, ten years. Uh, one in Minnesota and one in uh, uh, Tennessee, I believe. Um, the uh, the repercussions of a bridge like that going out could be the difference between um, a direct route from point A to point B and an indirect route from point A to point B, meaning uh, an additional 40, 50, 70, 100 miles that a truck must travel to deliver to the same location. Uh, fuel wear and tear on the vehicle, it gets pretty, it gets pretty expensive. Um, and, and so there's a, a repercussion of bridge failures or, or roads that, that either get shut down or are in constant uh, disrepair, causing delays and causing out of routes and miles. Um, so we suffer from that like everybody else does. Uh, benefiting uh, from from the uh, investment in the, in the infrastructure in the, in the country, in the United States, uh, uh, we do it two ways. One, our roads get better, our trucks have less wear and tear. Number two, uh, for PGT, we haul a lot of that uh, structural steel, a lot of the uh, guardrail steel, uh, a lot of the rebar that goes into the roadways. Uh, we'll benefit both ways. We'll benefit from the transportation of the products for the infrastructure as well as the benefit from the, the better roads, the improved roads. So your costs go down and your opportunities for additional work goes up. Correct. Yes. Tremendous. Tremendous. Well, Greg, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today and, and learning more about these incredible initiatives. Uh, it's always exciting to hear what one of our members is, is doing and, uh, it goes without saying, but we uh, really enjoy having PGT Trucking and you involved in the Pennsylvania Chamber. We appreciate your investment and appreciate the partnership. Thanks, Bill. Uh, we appreciate uh, the organization and everything uh, that you do to help businesses. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the All Business Podcast from the Pennsylvania Chamber. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. With almost 10,000 member organizations, the Pennsylvania Chamber advocates for job creation and greater prosperity across the Commonwealth. Visit our website at pachamber.org to learn more about us, our members, and how to become part of the statewide voice of business. We'll see you next time.